Blog Talk Radio.
Return Local Terminal fans, welcome to the show on another Sunday afternoon. Sun Guy with you along with the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast. Coach Mike Jones. Some show notes before we jump into things. If you're looking for some professional wrestling today, BMFX in Lafayette, Indiana today. You have New South Wrestling in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Reactivate Pro happening today in Richland, Washington. So there's some wrestling out there. Get out there, support your locals if you have any. Our guest not yet with us. I believe he will be here shortly. But, Coach, we're looking forward to having the Northwest Pro United States Champion, Project West, with us today. Yes, definitely. He's been on Sign of the Times before, right? Uh, he was on just very, very recently, yes. Okay, right on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And who else and you is know, coming up? Project West's manager is? Uh, Phil Good. No. No, who? It's Chicken Bob. Oh, okay, Wow. Chicken Bob has managed Project West in various states across the country. That's one of his biggest clients. It really is. Jeez Louise. Well, no, he doesn't manage my mother-in-law. That'd be weird. Okay, yeah. And then uh, what about uh, in in the segment of Call Somebody Who Cares, you can give Wes a, a call. Well, I don't have his number to call him, but hopefully he will call here soon. I confirmed with him earlier. Okay, all right. Yes, I'm going to have it like the mystery caller. Uh, I'll let everybody know that last week's uh, Give Somebody a a Call That Cares was to Defola Debashi. Who will it be this week? I'm going to guess Big Wood. Actually, remember, it's going to be Kevin Sullivan. We're going to call him every week for five minutes segment. <laughs> oh, wow. Does he know this? <laughs> I told him, yes. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of Kevin Sullivan, next week on this very program, we're excited to have... His brother, Dave Sullivan, coming yes. to the show. Yes, we're uh, a rescheduled show. I'm looking forward to yes. Yep, and then on the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast next Saturday at noon Pacific, uh, June 10th. Next Saturday will be Jenny Santana. Looking forward to having her on there. Her debut on my show it was nice to have her on Turnbuckle Turmoil. And then I've also got confirmed for June 24th, Jim Valley. Looking forward to talking to him, too. Um, the king anyway, of recovery of He is the king of effing recovery. I want to still make it a PG-13 show, so we'll be saying effing. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think I was going to go over that with him 
So I don't have to make it rated R so we can say the uh, the proper, like your show. What is your show, PG or 13? We try to keep it PG-13-ish, but sometimes Rip Rogers comes on. Well, don't you rate it before the show? I mean, I don't always know when Rip Rogers will show up. Sometimes it's a complete surprise. Okay. All right, yeah, that's true. Yeah, well. Makes sailors blush at the words he uses. Yep. And that's just well, to describe you, a newborn puppy. Was you was you going to give uh, Wes a call, uh, a message while I hum the Batman tune? Da 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 Batman. And sign guy has dead air going. Well, he gave the short. The short version. Okay, I send another message. Hopefully, Wes will get back. Um, Wes is a very, very busy man, so hopefully he didn't get stuck in traffic somewhere. He wrestles all over the country, Coach. He's a busy man. Okay, yeah. And what's the rest of your schedule? Well, let's see. For this month on the show, on... The fourth, of course, today, scheduled to have Project West. Hopefully he comes here shortly. On the ninth, we have Mean Mark Ash, formerly of WCW. The 11th, the aforementioned Dave Sullivan, EVAD, if you will. Coach probably best remembers him as the equalizer in Portland wrestling. On the 16th, okay, yeah. we have Hill, who is a wrestling talk show host in Massachusetts. The 18th, we have John Davidson. We have on the 23rd, Leo Connors. On the 25th, Bullet Benson. Excuse me, Bullet Bronson. And then on the 30th, we have Brittany Morris. And then we finally, after years and years of hopes and dreams and trying, on the 9th of July, Mick Karch from the AWA, the AWF, and many, many, many more wrestling promotions announced deaths coming to the show. Hugely excited for Mick Karch. It's going to be a great month of June. July looking fairly solid. The little bit we have confirmed now. So, off to a great start. And then if people are looking for me, they can find me on the 10th in Vaughn, Washington at the Key Peninsula Civic Center for Northwest Pro. The 17th, I will be at the Strawberry Festival in Marysville, Washington, which, according to South Park Bellinger, is the only town that exists in the entire world. That for combat pro wrestling on the 24th, Northwest Pro hitting the road back to the greater Spokane area. And don't forget, on the 29th of July, I'll be making my world's finest wrestling debut for their all-women's tournament. And then in the month of August, there are two shows for Rogue Wrestling Attractions. So keep an eye out for details as they approach. Lots going on, Coach. Lots going on this month. There is, yes. And then we're in talks to bring the Battle Royal Championship 
to the Strawberry Festival and even talks of me doing some commentary up there and doing some green room. So that sounds fun. And I'm sure the Real School Army will probably be in the house. You would think so if you're there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> now, Coach, you'll have to keep in mind Strawberry Festival, not in Puyallup. It's way up there in Marysville. No, we have the Daffodil Parade. This is the, the city of Daffodils, Puyallup. Now, have you ever ran a show during the Daffodil Celebration? No, I haven't. Sounds fun, though. I mean, there's always a chance you could do it, right? Oh, yes, definitely. Now, this Battle Royal Championship you mentioned for the people not aware, current champion Paul Cerberus. Paul Cerberus won at the ABC School Days last fall. He won the Battle Royal, won the championship. I don't think he's defended it yet. And doesn't look like he's going to be coming either. So that's why Hank Miller takes the the title with him after it's won, but he makes sure that the, the winner gets plenty of pictures with it, and then they're able to come and defend it, yes, but that doesn't seem like a very easy title to be defending. Not for Paul Cerberus, apparently. You think he's chicken, not chicken Bob, but just chicken in general? He's afraid he'll lose the title there in Marysville? <laughs> it's looking likely, yes. Well, that dirty Paul Cerberus, I knew he was no good. Yeah, and then we'll see. I, I see that Viento has a title match for the Cruiserweight title. We were even checking to see if uh, Viento is such a champion, he's going for all the belts. He's going for the Cruiserweight title. He said he would defend his NGW title and go for the Battle Royal title. My goodness, he could make history. He could. Now, I just heard from Project West. He will be calling in shortly. He ran into a bit of an issue, but on his way. But, Coach, don't forget also there in CPW, there's controversy with another title. Chris Marks stole the physical title belt from J.B. Moonshine recently. Chris Marks, of course, the international champion, but he stole the heavyweight title of J.B. Moonshine. Man, he's always claiming to have them titles, huh? Chris Marks loves title belts. He took J.B. Moonshine's. Oh, my goodness. That makes him the champ. I mean, it doesn't make him the official champion, even though he is the international champion. Uh-huh. But they're going to settle this at the Strawberry Festival. They're going to be fighting it out one-on-one. Okay, and then what about your Uncle Pa? How's he doing? Paul Freakshine doing very well. We talked to him just recently. He is recovering uh, from the brain surgery, still kicking. He might just be making a comeback at some point soon. 
What about QT Volks and uh, John? John lives up in that area. You used to get all of him. I haven't seen him in a while. Hopefully he will be up there around the Strawberry Festival. And, of course, the last Strawberry Festival that saw CPW action, none other than Wildcard made an appearance in the crowd. Oh, yes, definitely, man. Yep, that was making history again in the in the Northwest. Yes, definitely. Yes. Now, Coach, did you ever fight Wild Card? No, I haven't. He's quite. Well, I mean, there's still time. He's not dead. No, and uh, he's quite the character. Indeed. Now, did you ever see his stepladder match against Azul Angel in the old TCW? No, I didn't. It sounds sounds interesting. It was very interesting. They didn't want to climb a full-size ladder because the ceilings were kind of low, so they used a step ladder. <laughs> Dave Milcher okay. rated it 36 and three-quarter stars. Brian Alvarez wept at its magnificence. Okay, my goodness. All right, there you go. That says it all. Now, Coach, did you ever fight Wild Card's normal tag team partner, Cadillac Talus? No. You've got a lot no. of Wild Card and Cadillac Talus matches to catch up on, then. you got to get in both of them. Okay. I'm, I'm currently not really wrestling right now, and if I do, I'll pick and choose my spots, and that's probably not one of them. But you never say never. That's true. Give me enough money. I'll do it. I'll give you upwards of $5 each. Now, next week you could be in the ring in a triple threat with Cadillac and Wild Card, and I'd say, Coach, what happened? And you'd say, I pick and chose my spots. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Don Basher retired 38 and a half times. <laughs> he did, I know, yes. Oh, Nick my Thompson goodness. Close on his heels with 36 retirements. Goodness. Well, hey, you guys can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most. Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Real School Army in the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews from celebrities all over the world. And then, of course, don't forget to check out the Real School Army. And anyway, my goodness, it's such a beautiful day out there, isn't it, Sign? It's not too bad here in the Pacific Northwest. Not too bad at all. Okay, well... Now, the Strawberry Festival, looking to be decent weather as far as the long-range forecast. We all know last year there was weather shenanigans afoot, Coach. There was, all the way up till game time, basically. It was a last-minute call, but ultimately, even though the weather cleared, it was still wet enough in that little section of Marysville, which if you're a certain sports card shop owner, you feel is the only town that exists in the entire world. 
they had to cancel it for the safety of the performers. Have you ever worked in a ring that sat in the rain for several hours? It's a horrible experience. Yes, I have wrestled in the rain, yes. Now, folks, did you ever see the footage of the WWF show back in the mid-'80s when they were in Puerto Rico and there was a monsoon happening? There was a puddle around three inches deep in the ring. Guys were visibly trying just not to fall down in the ring during their matches. I I have seen that. That was quite the... Quite the deal there, yes. It was a very interesting spectacle they had going on there. Jesse Ventura just abandoned ship. He was like, I'm not sitting out here with all these electronics at my fingertips and rain pouring yeah. down. He just jumped up and took off. Gorilla Monsoon had to stay by himself and call the whole thing, which made sense because Gorilla Monsoon, of course, was one of the promoters of Puerto Rico. Okay, nice. Okay, sweet. All right, well, do you got any uh, of the matches coming up for uh, June 10th? Uh, There is one match announced for June 10th, that being a stipulation match. It is J.D. Masson versus Christian Wilde. If Christian Wilde loses, he is out of Northwest Pro. But if Christian Wilde defeats J.D. Masson in this non-title match, then at the anniversary show in July, Christian will get a title shot for the Northwest Pro title currently held by J.D. Masson. Okay, cool. And then uh, they have a match on the 24th, you said. Uh, the 24th, they are on their way back to Spokane. They are also going to be in the greater Spokane area on the 17th. So Northwest Pro, after a lengthy absence from that area, making their return to the greater Spokane area. So if you're in the Spokane or just over the border in Idaho, you can catch Northwest Pro live in person once again near your own home. Two weeks in a row. There's lots of wrestling headed to Spokane. I believe next week there are two shows on Saturday in Spokane. So lots of wrestling happening in that area this particular month. And tell everybody about the women's tournament that's coming up. Uh, The WFW women's tournament. It's their first ever women's title tournament. Uh, They have never had a women's title until just now, so they're introducing that title. I'll be out there to officiate said tournament. Lots of really good ladies wrestlers are on board for the tournament. Looking very forward to going out there and seeing some very high quality wrestling out of them. So, more details will be announced very, very soon. So, keep an eye on all the usual outlets for that. And then, of course, coming up in August, the return of Rogue Wrestling Attractions. They will be there in Grays Harbor. They will be at a fair in August. And then, of course, they are returning to their 
traditional home of the Civic Center. So make sure you have eyes on the going-ons there for the tournament and for Rogue Wrestling Attractions. Lots of info will be headed towards you in the next few weeks, so make sure you keep abreast of that. You can find it on all the social medias, the Book of Faces, the Twitter, the YouTubes. Take a look at all of those. And we are still waiting for Project West. He had a bit of an emergency situation, but he will be calling in here shortly. I wanted to say thanks for Sign Guy for joining me with uh, the chef, Mean Mark Ferguson, yesterday with an amazing show we had on the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast. And then just a couple weeks back when we had Kenny Lush on. So that was nice, too. Um, and, yes, geez, sign. I think I'm running out of time today. So uh, uh, I don't know if you got enough to talk about. Keep going until this guy comes on. But uh, You're bailing out before Project West even makes his appearance. Well, the show's half over. It's like, you know? Yeah, but we still have a second half. But if you need the the bell, that's all right. Chicken Bob and I will take things over here. But um, that Project West running behind. He had a last-minute emergency. Ah, there is, speaking of, we got Project West with us. There we go. Nice. Project West, thanks so much for being with us today. I know you had a bit of an issue before we started, but we're glad to have you here now. Yeah, I'm so sorry. It kind of was unexpected. We got it knocked out, and we're we're back in business. So, well, being today is your first time with us, surprisingly enough, I'm going to lead you off today with the first timer question: What got you into the business of professional wrestling? Uh, demolition, actually. Um, the um, I watched that. It was a Survivor Series in like 1988 when um, Demolition teamed with Powers of Pain, and they uh, they had uh, Fuji as their manager. When I saw them, it was just like I was locked. Demolition acts once hit me in my head with my own sign, but whatever. Now, <laughs> when you go to research how to get into professional wrestling when the time came for you to be active in the sport yourself. What was the process like for you finding a place to train, place to get you on the right path into the business? Well, well there wasn't really too much research. I was, uh, I, I knew some friends that were in the business at the time. Um, I was actually in a heavy metal band called Death in Motion, or DIM, most people know know it as. And one of the security guards that usually runs our shows mentioned that he was wrestling for a company. So um, he wanted the band to play for it. And when um, I went to go meet the promoter and the, the owner of the company, he had asked if I wasn't if I wanted to be involved. And I was like, well, like I think I'm a little too old for that right now. But like. Um, Ben's definitely down to to work with you guys. And then 
I met Michael Modis, and with Michael Modis, he told me the exact same thing. He was like, yeah, I think you probably should jump in the ring with us. And it, after that, that where I kind of got stuck, I went to my first training class. But it wasn't really like a research thing. It was more like I already knew people that were involved, and they got me involved physically. Well, at this point, I'm going to pass you over to the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast Coach Mike Jones. I'm sure Coach has a few questions, so Coach, go right ahead. Hey, Wes, thanks for coming on, man. I think we lost Coach. I said hello. Oh, hello. How are you? Uh, hey, hey, Wes, thanks for coming on, man. Of course, of course. Okay, so uh, I'm sure Sign Guy and the rest of the fans would like to know what your favorite coffee to drink is. Actually, um, I stopped drinking coffee for a little while, but um, I, I just picked up a uh, a Java Mint Frap from Starbucks. That was the first coffee I've had in like a, a probably like a month or two. Uh, typically, I would just go with an Americano with two Splendors, but everything else that uh, – that I really, I'm really not like super into coffee too much anymore, but um, it's actually been getting me by the last couple of days. So it's either the Americano, um, but uh, Sign Guy actually makes a really amazing coffee every time we're in Seattle. So I kind of just stick with him. Okay. All right. And then uh, who are some of your heroes growing up, like in Ordinary Life, for example? Uh, in regular life, uh, my brother. My brother is a big, um, big father figure. Even though my my dad was around, like my brother kind of was the first one to like bring me to wrestling events and to concerts and stuff like that. So, um, like my 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 brother is basically like one of the people that I look up to the most. Uh, them uh, with him and like my godfather, like both of them are like pretty outstanding people that I I kind of hold close to me. Okay, and then what about in music? In music, um, I have to kind of go with Lejean from Seven Dust and Chino Moreno from Deftones. Those are the guys that I kind of mimic a lot of my style from. Um, Corey Taylor is another, you know, good example of just a well-rounded, very, very hardcore screamer, but very, very clean vocals that I love. Okay, sweet. And then what about in in sports growing up and uh, your heroes in sports? Uh, well, my family's from Illinois, so I was a big Chicago Bulls fan. Um, we uh, always had Jordan back in the day when I was coming up. Um, as far as wrestling wise, if you're if you're looking at people that I looked up to consistently, Arn Anderson and Taz were actually the guys that I looked up to the strongest. Uh, Undertaker was a big one as well, but that kind of goes off of my Beast character, if anybody's ever seen that. But, yeah, that's those are the guys that I, I look up to a lot. And then what about, did you play sports in high school or in growing up? Just wrestled for my first freshman year, but then I got really into, like, choir, so I stuck with the singing. Um, I, I think I wrestled for my first season, when I was in high school and I tore my knee. So that was a step back and I just stuck with singing. And then what's your self-defense background? Oh, I mean, it's nothing good. (laughs) Just a lot of like street fighting that really wasn't any kind of skill based anything, but um, it was got like, after I 
like grew up and was a whole ass adult. I wasn't fighting as much as I was when I was a kid, so it didn't really yeah, transfer yeah. over. Okay. <laughs> a little bit of martial okay. arts training, but wasn't anything super significant. All right. Well, tell us a little bit more about your band. Well, it's called Death in Motion. We're on Spotify, so if you guys ever uh, have some time and you want to listen to some tunes, it's uh, more metalcore. Um, I'm the singer of the band, and we have uh, six members. It's more um, heavy metal, metalcore type stuff. Uh, we got a, an album that we released last year that is still making its rounds on everything, so just check that out. It's actually really good. What do you got coming up? Uh, Band-wise, nothing right now because everybody's really spread out. Uh, Wrestling-wise, I got a series of dates. Uh, my next one is next week over at Wrestle Drag in Arizona, um, and then I'll be back with everybody at Northwest Pro. And uh, in July, I think we're doing two dates there. Um, and then we have a versus date coming up August 5th, I believe, is what we're looking at. And then I don't know. I've got some other dates, but like without my calendar in front of me, I'm still kind of lost on where I'm at. I've got people that are better at looking at stuff than I do that keep me online. But yeah, that's basically where I'm at right now. Okay, and then uh, what are some of the most memorable matches you've seen? That I've seen, man. Um, We did. My brother took me to WrestleMania where we got to see. Uh, Taker versus Shawn Michaels and Shawn Michaels' last match. Um, and then we also went to No Way Out out here where we saw The Rock take the title from Kurt Angle. Um, another memorable uh, live event that I was a part of when I was a real little kid. Um, I actually won tickets for the family. But um, The Undertaker had put The Ultimate Warrior in a casket. That was live and in person, and that scared the crap out of me. So, like, that was that was my thing back then. Okay. Awesome. Okay. And then what about some of the most memorable matches you've been involved in? I've uh, been in a lot of cool ones. Uh, one particular, I was in a dog collar match with this gentleman by the, uh, the name of the Jefe. Um, he's a pretty decent actor right now. He's in... Um, in I don't know if you guys have watched Showtime's Ray Donovan, but he was a, a, a luchador in one of those uh, uh, one of those uh, series. And then, man, um, there's this called Big Boss Battle that used to be called Battle of Las Vegas that I was a part of. That basically all weapons are legal and everybody in the locker room is wrestling. That was a pretty cool experience. Um, more recent. Um, winning the uh, Northwest Pro United States Championship from Zach, uh, Lumber Zach for anybody that doesn't know who that is, but I know pretty much everybody that's listening probably knows who Lumber Zach is. Um, and then winning the tag titles with The Shade at Versus, um, winning my first uh, championship with Big Valley Wrestling out here in Vegas. There's been a series of, like, big in-ring moments, but a lot of my – my moments that I was involved with, just not in the ring physically, have to be at Level Up Expo out here. It's an anime and a video game uh, convention that we have out here that we started versus with. Um, that was that was pretty much every year is basically a new experience that's just amazing. So it's been a it's been a cool ride for those last few going on six years now. All right, sweet. And then uh, who are some of your favorite people to work with? In the ring, 
Shane's Premium pretty much my my top bill there. Um, who else? I mean, there's uh, so many good people to work with. Like Dante King is very awesome. Gypsy Mac is awesome. Um, man, who else can I just kind of put out there? Jody uh, Jody himself is a is a cool guy I've, I've worked with. Uh, Damian Drake has always been super easy and we are always super fluid in there. Um, yeah, like I, if I, if I tried to list everybody, I feel bad because I missed somebody out, but like ultimately it's not because it, it wasn't memorable. It's just that I don't have it right now, but I've had some really, really cool people that I've been able to work with in the past. It's been awesome. Gangrel being and being on a team and be, going one-on-one with Gangrel was actually really fun too. Okay, and then who are some of the toughest wrestlers you've you've wrestled? I'm pretty sure Gangrel's on that list. Oh yeah, you whipped my ass. Like that was a that was a learning experience. <laughs> um, yeah, Gangrel's pretty much like one of the toughest, and Bodie is another tough one. Um, man, uh, it's just a, a laundry list of people that I can just kind of spew out of who's tough. Remy Marcel is another strong one that that. I've always had really fun matches with and against him. Uh, Jack Manley was another one that was just super cool to just play around with. Uh, I, I mean, again, yeah, if I if I try to list everybody, I'm going to miss somebody, and I feel bad. But, yeah, I've had a really cool okay. experience in the ring with these people. Awesome. You gave us a lot of names to look up. Yes, nice. Okay, back to my favorites categories. What's your favorite concerts you've seen? The first concert that I I know that I went to that was like heavy metal based, um, split, uh, it was Seven Dust with um, a band called Stuck Mojo, which is actually most of the members of Stuck Mojo are now in Fozzy with Chris Jericho, and um, a band called Snot. Like that was my first ever metal experience, and seeing a mosh pit live in action while I'm like 12 years old was like the scariest <laughs> experience ever. But it was the coolest experience because I, I never forget about it. Okay, and then uh, any other favorite concerts? Um, there was a concert back in the day that Corn used to run called Family Values Tour, and uh, the first Family Values Tour that they had um, had Corn, Limp Biscuit, uh, Ice Cube, Rammstein, and Orgy. Um, that's probably like the Man, biggest. Man, goodness. Like, yeah, like straight bangers after bangers after after bangers. It was just like uh, they were new at the time. A lot of the uh, like Rammstein and Orgy were new to to the states at the time. Um, mm, and then yeah. like looking at them now, I just saw Orgy a couple weeks ago, and it just seems like they haven't aged at all. <laughs> Everything's still as cool as it was when I first saw them. So yeah, that that concert was probably like an amazing like first experience for a lot of those bands that I, I'm seeing for the first time. And then your, uh, the rest of your favorite sports teams? Uh, I mean, a lot of them are Illinois-based, so the Bears, uh, Cubs, no White Sox in my house. So, um, And then <laughs> Golden Knights, Blackhawks are our top, top tier. I, I have to put the L.A. Kings in there, too, um, even though, like, I have my two top favorites now since we have a, a – a professional team out here. I kind of have to go with the Golden Knights, but you know it is what it is. Okay, and then what are your suggestions for people wanting to get into the business? Don't do it. No. Um, 
<laughs> find find a school that's going to take care of you the way that you would take care of them. Uh, find people that are going to be a part of your community and that you're going to take care of. Um, there's a lot of a lot of negativity that's around our business, and I want people that are first starting out to understand where it comes to a line of abuse in comparison to being taught the right way and paying your dues. Um, make sure the people that are teaching you are teaching you the right things uh, and not trying to hustle or get over on people. You're just trying to make your money and do your work, make sure you're safe. Uh, that's a big big thing for me is making sure you're safe in the ring because if they can't trust you, you can't trust you either. So, um, yeah, just find a, find a school that's got some some positive reputations instead of people that have uh, taken advantage of others in the ring. For sure. And then what schools would you recommend? Uh, we have a school out here uh, for Versus as well. I know J.D. Mason takes care of his people out there over in uh, Northwest Pro. Um, from what I understand, Buddy Wayne's uh, school is still open, just ran with um, a whole class of people over in uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Um, there's a series, oh, um, uh, R3 or Charles uh, Cassius over in Arizona has a, has a little school that he's been running that he's got some really, you know, amazing people coming out of there. Um, it's just a, 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 you have to find the right people. I would just kind of focus on the right people more than the right school. Okay, and then how do people get a hold of you? If you uh, try to find me on Twitter or Instagram, or even if you want to find me on most socials, you're going to look at me over uh, at Beast, B-E-A-S-T-D-I-M. Um, you'll find me on most social media that way. Um, and then if you, if you want to find me on Facebook, it's Wes Logan, that's W-E-S space L-O-G-A-N, and then I'm there for you. Hey, man, thank you for your time, and uh, I want to wish you all the luck in the world, and I'm sure Sign's got a whole bunch more for you. And thank you also, Sign Guy. Thank you, you, Coach. Appreciate it. All right, see you guys. Have a good one. Well, Project West, we learned on the Sign of the Times, episode 582, the off of Spencer Street edition, you have been extremely successful with Chicken Bob as your manager. Chicken Bob started managing you at Northwest Pro a few weeks ago. He managed you recently at Versus Pro. You've hit multiple states with Chicken Bob as a manager, never having lost in that situation. How did you get hooked up with Chicken Bob? Well, you know, you know how I got hooked up with Chicken Bomb Sign Guy, man. You introduced us, and it was on and on and cracking. After that, man, that was my guy. Ever since I've been around Chicken Bob, I've been collecting W's. So, you know, that's my my number one manager of champions right there. Absolutely, Chicken Bob. Very successful for you as a manager. It seems like. Absolutely. I'll- now, for the fans that aren't 100% sure, you do come out of Las Vegas, like you said, and the state of Nevada has a very interesting history in wrestling. They never really had their own territory back in the old territory system of pro wrestling. Uh, when wrestling started going national, the AWA-based their TV show in Las Vegas, so they had 
the AWA there, the WWF would hit Reno on a very regular basis for TV tapings when they first started going national. Uh, sometimes Jim Crockett promotions would come through Las Vegas when they would go to the West Coast. But independently, there's been a lot of wrestling in Nevada for a few decades now. A lot of great talent has come out of there. And in recent years, it's become sort of a hotbed for independent pro wrestling with so many good promotions and a lot of fantastic talent in that area. Do you do a lot of research as far as the history of professional wrestling in Nevada? I wouldn't necessarily call it research more than just life experience because I was around for a lot of those things. Um, not only did we have, like, AWA come in for uh, doing shows at the showboat, um, but you also had situa- uh, had um, NWC. NWC was a big promotion that was out here for a while that used to have guys like the Ultimate Warrior, Sabu, Cactus Jack. They uh, used to come back out here. Um, also, uh, Johnny Psycho Payne, I know a lot of people haven't uh, don't remember that name, but Johnny Psycho Payne was a big star out here. Uh, then that kind of bled into uh, Buffalo wrestling federation so bwf was around here so it wasn't even really like research i was just kind of there for it for a long time like and later uh yeah that's just part of my life well, you mentioned the ultimate warrior coming in uh he and the honky tonk man and i believe virgil water big names in the early 90s that came in for them and they were big deals in the wrestling magazines of the day because you didn't see very many independent companies bringing in the ultimate warrior the honky-tonk man was out there but he did not wrestle for a lot of different companies he tends to stick to a few that he knew the promoter fairly well so right. it was a big deal at the time. When you look back at shows like that and see what could be done in Las Vegas, especially back then when there wasn't really a set wrestling tradition per se, did that kind of lay the groundwork in your mind for later years when you would get into the promotional end of things? To an extent, but it's kind of like apples and oranges in comparison. And the, and the weirdest thing that I can really do is kind of give you guys a perspective when it comes to video games now. Um, a lot of the video games that are coming out, like the WWE 2Ks, um, have these older generation themes for where you can have, like, um, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant and have the the uh, Trump Plaza in the background and all that fun stuff. Well, if you're looking at things like the the story mode, they have that independent scene where it's just kind of like barriers and then a dark venue with a limited amount of fans. If you're looking back at the older, you know, footage of those, that's what you're looking at. And it's not really anything that's similar to now because with the production value that a lot of companies are starting to develop now, it's drastically different in comparison if we were to have that same product for any independent wrestling company and bring that to the 1980s or even 1990s, um, 
it would kind of blow a lot of those things out of the water and would be kind of neck and neck with WWE because WWE was very limited when it comes to stuff like that back then too, just from production value. Um, the escalation for television wrestling and how independents are now wouldn't – it would dominate entertainment in comparison to what it was back then. So it's not really like saying it's, it's kind of given like a groundwork there. It did give us some groundwork because we learned a lot of things of what we could do with each promotion, but we also learned the things, a lot of things that we could go above and beyond and a lot of things that we shouldn't do as promoters as well. So those are, you know, very, very cool perspectives to look at, but if you're trying to compare the two, it's kind of hard to because it was just a different time, different uh, different technology significantly now and then different ways to get a hold of people so i think that with those changes it wouldn't really match up from today's standards in more recent times tony khan over aw announced a year ago that he wanted to make las vegas the permanent home of the annual double or nothing show aew as far as we know, plans to keep going back to Las Vegas once a year for Double or Nothing, which is one of their major shows. And this year, there was tons and tons and tons of wrestling in Las Vegas. It was almost like some of the WrestleMania weeks that we've seen over the last decade or so where independent groups try to piggyback in whatever town that the major companies going to be hosting what do you think of that type of influx of not only just wrestling promotions and wrestlers but wrestling fans coming into las vegas and having the option of so many local shows on top of the national touring companies it's an amazing experience as a fan because you don't just get the stuff that you watch on television, but you get to learn about a lot of a lot about the independents that aren't necessarily in your face consistently. Um, being able to be on the other end of it, being on the production end of it, or being on the, um, the booker end of it, it's still fun, don't get me wrong, but it's also taxing because it's a hard weekend. There's a lot of to be done, a lot of footwork that's there, um, especially if you're a part of any of the AEW shows, like being a part of those things are pretty awesome. It's just a long day, long few days. Um, that whole week is usually pretty much all wrestling based, and a lot of um, not so a lot of a lot of casual fans are starting to kind of get into it as well too. So that kind of bleeds into the 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 GCWs or any other independents that are out there as well because. They're just used to watching AEW or WWE on TV, and then they're trying to go to these events and start learning about new wrestlers and new promotions and the independent scene as a whole. It's making wrestling as a whole more mainstream when you do things like that. So Mania Weekend was really beneficial for us. Uh, AEW Weekend, uh, AEW uh, Double or Nothing Weekend was really beneficial for us. But on the other hand, it's just it's just very, very taxing being a part of the business sometimes. I think one thing that most of the listeners have been wondering when it comes to you for the last week and a half or so, is Athena the hardest punch you've ever taken in your career to this point? 
I wish I can I can I can vouch for that, but it, she knocked me so hard that I can't remember it. Uh, so I'm gonna say yes, but with I mean I didn't feel anything afterwards. I just woke up, so maybe she just knocked me out pretty for for a for a quick second. But yeah, I mean I have to vouch for her being the, the hardest hit I've ever taken if it knocked me out that fast. Y'all saw I had to stumble up. I think if she hit Lumberjack like that, we wouldn't see Lumberjack for months. I mean, I did hit Lumberjack like that. We didn't see it for months. So I'm, a, I'm assuming that same thing, too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see Athena knocking Lumberjack out for quite a while. Yeah, I'm yeah. just glad you were all right. Chicken Bob was very concerned when he saw that. I said, let's take the cobwebs out, but yeah, she hits hard. She, for for little body like she is, she throws a hard punch. It's ridiculous. Sometimes the smaller females that you wonder if they're going to throw anything with any type of steam at all hit the hardest. I have learned that over the years. Yeah, significantly. Well, we have a game on the show we like to play. I think you're a perfect candidate for this. We call it Word Association. I will throw out the names of some people that you most likely have come into contact with in your career. The first word or two that springs to mind is the answer. Are you ready for some Word Association? Let's go. All right. First name, Christian Wild. Morty Lipschitz. On. Thea Ray. Sweet. The Shade. So many words. Um, Champ. Maserati. I mean, I have to compound this hard hitter. That's another hard hitter right there. Doctor Redrafted. Insane. Lumberzack. Funny. Just exciting. Kira Hogan. This isn't gonna make sense to a lot of people, but it's gonna a lot of the people that I damn is 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 the word that I have for Kira Hogan. Damn. Karina Kyle. That's another champ right there. Gotta throw another champ right there. Dino Brown. Genius. Kevin Sullivan. I'm going to toss Genius in there with him as well, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of switch up. Mastermind. Tommy Rich. Skilled. And the last one on the list, Taekwon Bro. That's my guy. Um, 
got to throw a few words in there. Karate master. Now, you've been to a lot of places, and I've seen a lot of people connect with a crowd, but have you ever seen a crowd become so invested so quickly like they have with Taekwondo at Northwest Pro? Yeah, with me. When I popped in day one, they were about me. So, yeah, Taekwondo is up there. He's up there, but I think we about neck and neck at this point. That's my guy, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to slip in there be the new fan favorite for everybody. He definitely is. One of the parts of pro wrestling that oftentimes goes overlooked, not only by fans, but sometimes by the people within the industry, is the referee. A lot of times a referee, if they know what they're doing, can save a bad match. They can lead younger wrestlers through matches. If they don't know what they're doing, they can take a good match and make it terrible. Uh, They can throw the shows into disarray. I know you've seen a massive fluctuation as far as skills and abilities in referees in all the places you've hit. Who are some of the better referees out there right now that you think don't get all the attention that they should? Well, sorry, guy, you're definitely one of them, but we also have um, uh, Cody um, Cody out here in, in Las Vegas. I, I know his, his his real name, but, like, uh, put his, his real last name out there. Uh, hold on one second. Sorry, I had to check that out. Cody Andrews is actually, like, one of the best refs that I've I've worked with. Not only does he keep checking on us to make sure that we're okay, uh, but he also has Iron Man a significant amount of, of nights, whether it be in town here in Vegas, in Arizona for Party Hard. Um, there's a, the, if there's anybody that you can count on, it's definitely Cody. In a similar vein, another aspect of pro wrestling that doesn't always get the notoriety or the respect due is the ring announcer. Ring announcers also can help save a bad show by keeping the fans engaged and enthused about what they're seeing. Bad ring announcers will leave fans confused about what they're seeing and make it so they don't want to come back to see the next show. So it's very important to have a good ring announcer. Who are some of the ring announcers out there working that you think promoters should take a better look at for the shows? Um, Lena Gonzalez is a big one. She's been around for a long time. Um, Diana uh, Sandoval is actually a really great one as well. Um, the array, amazing. Um, another one out of Arizona. I want to say her last name is Gonzalez, but I, I know her first name is Miranda. I'll have to double check her last name and get that to you. But uh, a lot of them are um, are female ring announcers, which is starting to get a little bit more of an influx, which is amazing because it just gives a, a stronger flavor to to most companies. 
Um, male ring announcers, I haven't really run into a lot of them. I know Gus is uh, is strong at what he does as well, Gus Parsons. But um, yeah, that's that's where we're at with those with the lady wrestler uh, ring announcers. It's just they have a, a stronger flow to the show that I've seen. Uh, over at Northwest Pro, besides Chicken Bob managing you, there is a manager there. We mentioned him earlier. That's causing all kinds of chaos and mischief. He has been a thorn in the side of the Pacific Northwest wrestling community for many, many years. He also has made his way down to your area there in Las Vegas often on the last many years. I'm talking about Morty Lipschitz, who manages Northwest Pro Champion J.D. Mason. What do you think of Morty and the things he's been doing on shows you've seen? I already told you how I felt about him and J.D.F. We're going to talk them both in there. They're both con men. They always try to get, get the weasel out of everybody. They might be, you know, very, very good at what they do. Don't get me wrong. But, man, they just try to weasel their way out of win, uh, into wins all the time. How long has JD had that championship, man? Tell me. Too long. Too long, and that's Morty's. That's Morty's doing. Like as much as I want to give JD the props from being a good in-ring wrestler, he he wouldn't be holding that championship if it wasn't for Morty. Well, with any luck, Christian Wilde will win next week, and then go on and relieve JD of that title at the anniversary show. I told you he's fast, man. He's probably going to steal it from him. He might. He might just do that. Like I mentioned, you, besides in-ring work, are also promoting professional wrestling. When young wrestlers are looking to expand and go into different companies, as a promoter, what are you looking for out of young wrestlers that you may not be familiar with that approach you about getting booked? Um, I, I really like to go by word of mouth. Um, if somebody's already spoken highly of you and they've sent you my way, um, I'm definitely going to take a, a stronger look at you. If you're really just hitting up the, the, the versus page and you're trying to get booked, um, it's going to be a little bit harder these days because we're not going to be taking a lot of outside talent. Uh, but if you're looking to get an opportunity and work with us, if your footwork's good, if you look like you can kind of work with different types of, of wrestling and you're not just one-dimensional, that's a big thing because we want to make sure that everybody shows their styles and shows it the right way. If you're going to be in there with a the luchador, you better be able to hang with the luchador. You ain't got to do lucha stuff, but you want to make sure that you can hang with them. Uh, big guys, um, I want to make sure that they – look and, and they, they project themselves as big guys, but they can still work with guys that aren't as big as them and still keep everybody safe as much as possible and play by the rules, even though I play by the rules all the time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if they have a good look and they have a good, oper- good like, I guess, greeting when they send me stuff, uh, that's where I kind of try to take a little bit more of a chance. We just have to limit a lot of that since we're really trying to focus on a lot of the Vegas talent because we have an influx of people that are in town that just aren't getting the opportunities that they should be. Now, as a promoter, 
when you go to different shows and you're up here in Washington and Arizona and California, wherever the case may be, do you have that promoter's hat on in the locker room when you're watching other guys? Or are you able to take off the promoter's hat and be there strictly as a talent? Oh no, I'm always I'm always gonna have that. I I can do something with that guy type mentality. Uh, whether we can make it work financially for both of us, or also keep in mind that you have to make sure that if you're bringing in a talent, that 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 uh, return on investment is still gonna be there, and they can bring in some heads um, just by showcasing what they can do. Uh, that's a big thing for me. I want to make sure that everybody is going to benefit from being out here, and if they can't they at least get the exposure that they need. Um, but, yeah, I'm always keeping that hat on and looking at different talents. There's a lot of people over at Northwest that I think would do amazing out here just as long as we do it right, and I think we're going to have that opportunity soon. Now, if you could give a piece of advice to someone that is just starting out their path in professional wrestling, whether they've just recently started training or they have just decided to look into training, what's some of the advice you would give someone in order to help them succeed on that journey? Maybe a lot of stuff that we discussed a minute ago, just trying to make sure that you have a uh, a good foundation that you're being taught by the right people and taken care of by the right people. Um, also find your core group um, there's going to be a lot of people that are out there that want to take advantage of you you just want to ride with people that are going to take care of you just like you take care of them have the same mentality that you have um, growth mindset so if you're with people that are advanced um, they're going to teach you a lot just make sure they're with the right people as I mentioned um, it's going to be kind of, kind of hard to weed through the weeds but once you do you'll be able to find that good people that good people society that community and they'll be able to take care of you. Project West, we're approaching the end of the show here today, but I want to give you ample time if there is absolutely anything and everything that you want to plug, social medias, upcoming appearances, merchandise, your favorite charity, anything at all, floor is yours. All my uh, my shops are on my Instagram and on my Twitter. If you need some help looking for those, feel free to give me a call. I'll be able to take care of you. Um, everything is at BSTIM on the socials, B-E-A-S-T-D-I-M. Uh, check me out on at Northwest Pro, Wrestle Drag in Arizona versus in Las Vegas. Um, I have some other dates that are going to be popping up here soon. Again, I'll, as soon as I get my calendar, I'll be able to throw those over to you guys. Um, but, yeah, just take care of each other, take care of your peoples, and then, uh, yeah, love you for having me. Appreciate you. Well, we definitely appreciate you taking time to be with us today. Look forward to seeing you next week at Northwest Pro. And Chicken Bob is ready should he be needed next week for sure. Sounds good. All right, man, you have a good one. You as well. Fans of you not familiar with Project West, remedy that, go on the YouTubes, look him up, I think you will definitely be impressed with him, there's lots of footage up there as far as that goes, so do the research if you've not already seen him, on a sad note as we end today, 
the wrestling community is mourning the loss of former women's professional wrestler Beverly Shade. She was a longtime wrestler, also a promoter, a staple at the CAC, very beloved in the wrestling community. She passed away in the last 48 hours, so as we wrap this up, we will do the traditional tin bell salute. 